It is Tuesday, March 23rd here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the eighth quick hit pod in our Dynasty Prospect Scouting Report series. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again is Jared Smola. We are now up to 13 Dynasty Rookie Scouting Reports on DraftSharks.com. Every single one is free to read. We have many more on the way leading right up to the NFL Draft. Check them all out. We're going to keep going with these quick hit pods as well throughout the series. You can subscribe to the Draft Sharks YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook any of our podcast feeds to find them all. Today is the first of three straight Bama guys in this series. And we start with the quarterback, Jared, give us some background on Mac Jones. Just got done watching Mac Jones's pro day on NFL network. Um, you know, looked fine. I think all, all quarterbacks look good at their pro days. I can't remember a quarterback who didn't look good at a pro day. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yeah. I, I know uh, Jamarcus Russell had like the best pro day ever. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about quarterback pro days. Jones ran like a four, eight, which I think is faster than expected. Not fast though. We'll get into the rushing stuff later here. Um, he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. Didn't take over as Alabama's full-time starter until this past season. Spent his first two years backing up to a tag of Aloha. Tough to consider that a knock against the guy since, you know, Tua was one of the most productive quarterbacks we've seen in recent memory. But but Jones does fall short of that, you know, baseline experience we want coming out of college. But he, he was good in four starts in place of Tua back in 2019. 1,172 yards and 13 touchdowns on a 71% completion rate, 12 yards per attempt in those four games and then had an awesome 2020 4,500 passing yards 41 touchdowns led the entire country with an 84% adjusted completion rate which you know removes things like throwaways and dropped passes if you compare Jones's 2020 to Tua's 2019 they really stack up you know pretty evenly Jones averaged 11.2 yards per attempt had a 203.1 quarterback rating Compared to Tua's 2019, 11.3 yards per attempt, 206.9 quarterback rating. And really, Tua in 2019 had better pass catchers. I mean, Jones was still working with a nice group this past season, but, you know, Tua had Judy and Ruggs and Waddle and Devontae Smith. So a really, really strong 2020 from Jones. He actually received a 95.8 overall grade from PFF last year. Just put that in perspective, that, that's better than any mark that Trevor Lawrence received over his three seasons as Clemson starter. Um, of course, you know, the the shortcoming with Jones is the lack of rushing. He, he ran for 14 yards this past season. Now, college stats, of course, deduct sacks. So he ran for a bit more than that. But, I mean, we can get into it with the tape here. But, you know, he, he's not going to be a rushing threat as a pro. He racked up 14 rushing yards, I think, <laughs> is the word you're looking for. I'm always curious – what the process is for a guy choosing the big time program with an iffy path to playing time versus a lesser program that plays at the same level. In this particular case, Mac Jones arrived, as you mentioned, at the same time as Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the, the same recruiting class. And Tonga-Vailoa was the number one dual threat QB in that class. So he was a heralded recruit. It's not like he came out of nowhere. They both arrived to an Alabama team that already had Jalen Hurts in his sophomore year. So, I mean, Mac Jones could have arrived at Alabama not knowing if he'd ever have the chance to start a quarterback for the Tide. He originally committed to Kentucky, which has had three different guys lead the team in pass attempts over the past four seasons. No two seasons within that span found the same guy leading the team in pass attempts. So, I mean, if Mac Jones goes there, he could be a three- or four-year starter. Now, 
Would he have developed at Kentucky into the guy that he was at Alabama in 2020? Nobody knows. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe he did choose the best path for him. But I'm just always a little curious for somebody who's being recruited at that level. Why not take a step down, still go at an SEC program and have a better shot at starting for a longer time? Uh, maybe help your pro prospects. I would think these guys all kind of believe in themselves. Like Jones, Jones maybe thought I can come in and, and beat Tua. And I, I think, too, um, you know, just receiving – you know, some of, if not the best coaching under Saban and you know, Steve Sarkeesian was there. So, and, and as we'll get to with the film here, Jones was in a, a great situation this past year as far as pass catchers, offensive line, everything. Yes, he definitely was, as you alluded to before. And we'll get to that film review section now. Really, the first thing I think to keep in mind here for fantasy is that this is just a, a boring player type for, <laughs> you know, for projecting fantasy upside. I, yep. There's there's only so high he can climb. So, I mean, it, it's positive. Like what the film is on Mac Jones, he's got plenty of arm. The accuracy looked good, but it, it's just nothing exciting. There's no rushing, which is the big thing for that fantasy upside. According to Pro Football Focus, he did lead the nation in deep yards. And that's where I think the accuracy shows up, especially. He shows a very, he throws a very nice deep ball. He had Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell to throw to, so they could exploit that at times. Did lead the nation in deep yards. Also second nationally in screen yards, though. So there was lots of short stuff mixed in with that as well. Tied for just 57th in the nation in average depth of target, despite um, having Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell on hand. So, I mean, you know, there's good. It, it's not blow you away stuff. Yeah, I thought he was accurate at all three levels. Um, you know, th- that's probably the biggest check mark for Jones is the accuracy. Um, you, you read a lot of stuff too. It sounds like he really understood the offense. You know, high football IQ. He's he's going to come in and you know be able to you know do that at the NFL level, lead his offense, understand his offense. The the arm strength is okay. I mean, it's it's probably good enough to make it at the NFL level. I, I did see him under throw some deep balls on on a few occasions. Of course, when you're you know throwing to Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, those are couple fast dudes it's kind of easy to underthrow them um, but again as I alluded to it you know Jones just had it so easy so mm-hmm. he completed only 44 passes into tight windows last season according to PFF and he also had again according to PFF 600 more passing yards than anyone else in the entire nation to what they defined as open receivers so you know, he, he was not making very difficult throws he was you know seeing guys open finding them again he's accurate can't take that away from him but um, again it was, it was a pretty easy task he had for, for Bama last year. Yeah. And to add some context to that, if we compare Mac Jones's numbers to Joe Burrow the year before, they, they look comparable. They were both, you know, dynamite put up huge numbers and touchdowns and efficiencies, but Mac Jones, as you mentioned, the 44 passes into tight windows versus his 402 total attempts. That was 10.9% of his total attempts for the season. Joe Burrow, had 124 completed passes into tight windows. That was 23.5% of his total pass attempts the year before. So even if we're comparing two guys that were in tremendous offenses, won national titles, played with NFL prospects, it was still an easier spot, you know, relatively for Mac Jones. That's not necessarily a knock on him, but it definitely helped him get to where he is at this point. And I'm sure it helped his pro outlook at this point. So let's spin it forward now to NFL fantasy because that's what we care about the most. What do you see for Mac Jones heading into the NFL? It's tough to see a ceiling on him, really because he's not going to add anything rushing. And you look at the quarterback landscape right now, you know, there are 10 plus guys who you can, you know, count on for 300 plus rushing yards every season. You know, some guys who are up, you know, seven, eight hundred, a thousand like Lamar Jackson. So, you know, Jones would just have to post massive, massive passing numbers to, 
you know, be a difference maker. I think someone like Matt Ryan, who, you know, throws for 4,500 yards every season, has some 30 touchdown seasons, but, you know, really is just never a difference maker because he doesn't give you anything on the ground. I just, I think that's kind of what Jones is going to be. Yeah. I mean, you think like, what could he be? Maybe Matthew Stafford is upside. Even Matthew Stafford brings more mobility than Mac Jones does. I think maybe Jared Goff is what we're looking at here, which is probably a, a, you know, a good comparison in that Jared Goff is nothing special, but he is, you know, he can be QB 15, anything up to QB 12 or 11. Lots of guys have that kind of ceiling though, which is what makes Mac Jones a fairly boring fantasy prospect. I think that maybe the best landing spot for him, well, and, and before I say that, I should say, I, I think a lot of what will make him either a plus or a minus in fantasy will be how he develops with where he lands. And that's the kind of thing we don't know yet. Even once we find out where he's going to land, we're not going to know how he develops in the NFL, how he gets coached, how he reacts to the more difficult landscape in the NFL. But all that said, I think Washington at number 19 in round one would be a good landing spot for him. There is now pretty good talent around him there and certainly immediate opportunity, which is the best thing when we're talking about early um, fantasy upside. Otherwise, I think other than Washington, his best might be slipping out of round one and getting to Atlanta early in round two. Yeah, Atlanta. I, I just think, you know, Jones, I don't think he's going to elevate an offense. I think he's going to need the offense to sort of elevate his production, either with the weaponry or with the coaching staff or probably both. I think Washington has that, um, you know, with, with the play calling and with uh, Curtis Samuel now joining McLaurin and Logan Thomas and uh, Antonio Gibson. So that, that, that'd be my ideal landing spot. Again, even then, though, I think you're talking like a lower end quarterback one. And if he gives you that for eight to 10 years, that's still worth something in dynasty. Um, it's just, you know, worth like a third or fourth round rookie pick, I think. Yeah, I think once you get into round three, if you need a quarterback, Mac Jones is fine. Otherwise, I don't think he's anywhere close to any of the top four quarterbacks that we talked about in terms of chasing him in dynasty rookie drafts. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be in kind of his own tier there um, as the fifth guy ahead of everyone else, but well be well behind those top four guys. Mm-hmm. Check out DraftSharks.com now for the Mac Jones full profile and another new profile basically every day leading up to the NFL draft. We've got another couple of Bama prospects coming the next couple of days as well. As I've mentioned, every one of those scouting reports is free to read, but you should lock in your DS Insider access so that you can see where we rank all these guys in our up-to-date Dynasty rankings, as well as checking in on our 2021 redraft rankings and the MVP draft board. Both of those are live and ready to help your best ball drafting. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShoutDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shout saying thanks so much for some of your posts.